Support for this podcast comes from PayPal. Small business owner, PayPal QR codes are the safe and easy payment option. It's all the security PayPal is known for online, in person. Cash only, QR codes allow you to accept credit or debit with everyday low fees. No additional hardware or software needed. Use the app to generate your unique QR code. Customers scan your code with their PayPal app to pay you. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. This is episode number 60 with our guest, Sean Anderson. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing, hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Hey there, guys. Thanks for joining us and tuning in. You're watching The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. I am your host, Josh Carey. When it comes to living the life he loves, our guest is not only a number one best-selling motivation and self-help author who walks the walk, but my goodness, where do I begin? He has built a multi-million dollar company. He has pedaled a bike 4,000 miles across the U.S. twice, I say. He's run a 100-mile race and created adventures in close to 50 countries, including having walked across Japan, Spain, Portugal, England, Ireland, and Italy. His name is Sean Anderson, and he has inspired and empowered tens of thousands of people around the world through his speaking and writing. My goodness, including this one person. So add one right now to your list. Help me welcome our guest. I cannot wait for this dialogue. It's Sean Anderson. What's going on, Sean? Hey, good morning, Josh Carey. How are you today? I am so good. So I read these credits. Um, why? Why have you done all this? What does it really come down to? It, just chasing one's passion. You know, I, I, we, we get one life and I believe firmly don't leave any dreams, goals, wishes, or hopes on the table when you take your last breath. Know what you want to do and go out and do what you want to do. That's simply what I'm doing. I'm doing nothing more than just trying to live the life that I see myself living, the life that I desire to want to live. Not letting fear stop me, learning to love risk and going for it. Who is Sean Anderson today? Well, I, I really look at myself as just a pretty ordinary guy, but the thing that maybe makes me slightly different is I believe in living an extraordinary life. And, you know, all of us have that power. All of us have the ability to, to, to dream about the life that we want to live and not just let those dreams sit there 
you know, stewing in our mind, but to take action and take some baby steps towards making them happen. But I'm no different than anybody else as far as, uh, you know, certainly being born into a very middle class family, was on my own financially since the age of 16, learned that cause and effect was certainly how you change the direction you were going in life. And, and, be, and because I knew that, I started causing a lot more of the effects that I wanted. So that's, that's so fascinating. This small little chunk of credit that I read, um, over what period of time was all this? The, uh, the 4,000 miles, the 100-mile race, the uh, 50 countries. When did all that take place? Well, I've actually walked fiddlesticks. What have I, I, six or seven countries in the last four and a half years. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of my new thing. Every year I pick out a new country. I'll be leaving to walk 500 miles across France coming up in a couple of months. You know, the, the reason I do that is because I go look for my simple. I put nothing but a backpack on and then my sneakers and then I go and I chase adventure. I don't know how far I can walk in that day. I don't know where I'm going to stay. I don't know what I'm going to eat. But I found that if I just go find my simple, I find my deepest passion, my, my purpose is restored. And I always return from these 30 plus day adventures feeling more inspired to live life on my terms. And so that's why I do what I do. Mm. And within that, you've created what's called the uh, Extra Mile America and the Extra Mile Day. What is all that? 2009, there was a lot that was going on in America, a lot of bad news. Bankruptcies were at an all-time high. Foreclosures were at an all-time high. People were losing real hope in how they saw their own life direction going. Heck, we were wondering if our local bank was going to be open, if we were going to be able to keep our job. And so what I wanted to do was use my small voice to remind people that if you truly want to create positive change in your life, you don't look for your boss, your spouse, the government to create this program or do something for you. But you look at the man or the woman in the mirror and you say, what are you doing to create change? What are you doing to make a difference? And you don't keep doing the same thing over and over and over, but you do more. You add more value. You go the extra mile. Now, at that time, I was a non-bicyclist. And so as a symbol of going the extra mile, that's the first time that I pedaled the bike across the country. And, and uh, it was a 4,000 mile adventure in a Forrest Gump sort of way. But the real power of that tour was the, 20, the 21 cities that I had uh, uh, events with the mayors of those cities where I had the privilege of interviewing over 200 people across the country who had been identified as having gone the extra mile in life in either overcoming a major tragedy and making something awesome happen or in using their, their ideas and turning it into something that would be beneficial for society. At the end of that ride, I gave away $10,000 of my own money to the stories that most inspired me. From that, Extra Mile Day was created. Extra Mile Day, November 1st, is a day that local mayors recognize the amazing Extra Mile volunteers in their community who do great things. Last year, November 1st, 551 cities across the country participated. Wow. And what does participation on an individual scale look like? Each city does something different. Some of them recognize, contact the local nonprofits and groups in their, organ in their city and find out who some of the superstars are. They might just have a formal meeting, invite them to city council and clap for them and cheer for them. The local paper might write a story and say, wow, these are what these people are doing. Other cities have gone so far as to have extra mile walk 
walks of, of fame. You know, other cities just, they do what they want to do, but the whole purpose of the day is just to recognize these people, these unheralded heroes that are doing cool things in society and just saying, you know, way to go, Josh Carey, way to volunteer, way to do this, way to keep, way to coach this and do this and do this. We, we, we are so grateful for you. And not only does it lift you up and give you recognition, but perhaps it plants the seeds in the rest of us that maybe we can make a difference too. Maybe we can go the extra mile and do something to help change our community. So in, I mean, just extraordinary. So in 2009, you executed on this vision, this idea that you were going to set out in a 4,000 mile cross country bike tour, stopping in 21 cities and not only talking with the mayors of those cities, but you then interviewing and talking to individuals who have these stories to share. And then you collected all that to form the first year of that day that's right and then extra mile day just kind of sprouted from that i mean extra mile day wasn't even initially a part of the extra mile america tour i was pedaling a bicycle across the state of nevada nevada is the only state in the country where you can ride on the freeway because there's no other way to cross nevada there was one stretch about 65 miles long where there was no pullover place there was no shade there was nothing it was about 110 degree heat and i'm out there pedaling and i'm pedaling and i'm going man you know what can we do to draw more attention to extra this extra mile tour what else can we do i mean i'm giving away ten thousand dollars we're talking to all these people we're meeting with the mayors but then this idea of extra mile day came that very first year we had 23 mayors declare extra mile day and from there that the momentum just just kept building because sometimes if you have a vision and sometimes you just take action on that vision you don't know what can grow I had, when I was pedaling across that desert, I had no idea that over 500 cities would participate and that over a thousand people would be recognized across the country as being pretty awesome. So, you know, if you've got an idea in your head, you've got to take the first step and then let the universe jump on in and help take you the rest of the way. I, I, I totally agree, especially in this current state of my life where I, I, I've, I've since created this brand, The Hidden Entrepreneur, basically to say, forget all of that nonsense I was living in years past where I was hiding and not showing up as myself and trying to gain the approval of others, exhausting and disastrous, you can imagine. But now I realize that it is just about putting action and taking one step at a time. And what I keep hearing, tell me if this is exactly what you're saying. What I keep hearing is that so often we as people, as humans, as individuals are not even close to our capacity and potential as people. Well, I, all I can say is that if, you, if there's a whisper inside you, a whisper that's, that's encouraging you to do this or that, and you're not doing this or that, then you are not living up to your potential. Because I believe it's the whispers that we hear, those, 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 those inclinations, those inklings that you want to do something, that you want to learn the guitar, that you want to learn to sing, that you want to take a cruise to Australia, that you want to start the business, that you want to make that phone call. Every time that we do not act on one of those inklings, again, I call them the whispers. Every time we don't act upon that, we, we, we fail to live up to the potential that's in us. Hmm. What were you doing prior to 2009? Uh, I've always been an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur since my very first business about age 10, 
when I was selling night crawlers, giant worms to fishermen, I would flood my parents' backyard at nighttime. The big giant worm dudes would stick their head up. I'd go out, grab those worms, put wow. them in a big, big, uh, big barrel with peat moss and dirt. And I'd run an ad in the Reno Evening Gazette. I'd sit out on weekends, very early in the morning. The fishermen would come by wow. and they would, uh, they would buy my worms and go fishing. I learned back then that the more worms I sold, the more baseball cards I could buy. I happen to love baseball cards. And so I sold a lot of worms. Ever since then, I learned that, you know, I'm the one that, that wants to, that I want to live my dream. I don't want to help build other people's dreams and, and support their dreams in the sense of, of, of being an eight to five guy. I decided to take risks. I failed so many times, but I've always done my own thing. Mm. I got to hear about one of those times because the, again, this, this whole brand is, is built on no longer hiding and no longer failing, really. Can you tell us about one of those glorious failures and how you got yourself through it? Sure. I knew that I always wanted to, to, to write this one motivational book called Soar to the Top. Uh, when I graduated from college, um, you know, I was trying so desperately to, to survive and I had to, I, I had to take a part-time job at graveyard shift at a 7-Eleven and I'd hurry up and I'd get all my stuff done so I could read every motivational book that I possibly could and, and start to reprogram my brain. And at that time, I created this success accountability system for myself to hold myself accountable to getting to where I wanted. It was called SOAR, S-O-A-R. The S stood for seeing the dream, making sure I knew exactly what I wanted. The O stood for organizing that dream into a step-by-step -step plan. The A stood for taking action on that plan. And the R stood for rejecting failure and keeping going and don't give up. And so the SOAR thing, the SOAR program helped me to to really stay on track of myself, hold myself accountable, and to, and to fulfill some pretty cool things by the age of 30. So I wanted to turn that into a book called Soar to the Top. My first attempts at being able to sell Soar to the Top just failed because the publisher said, we don't know who you are. We don't know. We're not going to do your book. So I knew that I had to, 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 to write another book first that had more credibility with a publisher so I could get Soar to the Top published. I wrote a book called Countdown to College, Preparing Your Student for Success in the Collegiate Universe, because I knew that I was credible at that. I knew that I had a lot of experience that could help parents at that. Well, if you want to know my first failure, I had 83 still rejection letters from publishers before I got that dang book published. 83 of them. So yeah, I know what, I know what failure feels like. Mm. That's amazing. Um, take us back. I know you said that uh, you were just 10 years old uh, when uh, you entered into entrepreneurship. Take us back, if you will, even prior to that time. What was life like growing up for Sean Anderson? You know, I, I guess I, I, I always... Uh, I, I liked to succeed. I, I did like, you know, the feeling of that. I liked the feeling of being able to, to dictate results. And I understood then that the more effort I put into something, whether it was school or was sports, the better results I was going to produce for myself. And, and it wasn't, maybe initially it was about trying to please one's parents with the results that we get. But as we age and as we mature, I realized that I liked to, I, 
it made me happy to get those grades to be to excel at that sport and so i always i always knew that you know the more effort you put into something the more value you add to something the more value is going to come back to you so when you understand that general premise and you're sitting there and you're raising your hand saying i want more value in life i want more i want more and you're failing to realize that the way to get more is to give more then you're missing out on one of the true cause effect success lessons of all time and i was lucky that i embraced that early and was aware of that principle early. So at 10 years old, you had this um, really neat business in the backyard there with the worms. Where did things go in your journey from there? Well, you know, from there, you know, a guy continues to, to maybe expand and, you know, learn to, to mow lawns and walk dogs and always realizing that if you, if you find a need in society, if you find something that people are looking for, that you can probably create opportunity for yourself there. You know, people are willing to pay for uh, ways to help make their life easier. And, and so I became, I became good at that, I suppose. At least I became aware that that opportunity exists. From there, you know, I go, went on to, you know, to high school. I, I, I went to college at Berkeley and, and, uh, and, and then just began the, the life of struggle after that, like so many, so many out of uh, graduated college students might do. What did you have your eyes on in terms of what you wanted to do or create in one of your first real ventures? Well, you know, I think, I think my first ventures were not as much about having a pure vision of, in regards to what made my heart happy. My first, my first adventures were more visions on what could I do to buy more Top Ramen noodles and, and hot dogs and pay my rent because it was more about, more about finding and creating opportunities to, to survive. And you know, you're not thinking really about thriving much at that time. You're just thinking about how can I pay my bills? How, how can, you know, how can I pay next month's rent money? And so, so the ideas might not have been something I was passionate about, but that didn't matter because I was just passionate about staying in my apartment. That's amazing. So you were able to, to at least find something to do to keep the lights on, as they say. Well, absolutely, you know, because, because, you know, life only becomes as desperate for us as we let it become. And, and, and I learned early on that, it, you know, my rent never got paid with me sitting on the couch watching Vanna White and Pat Zajac turn vowels on Wheels of Fortune. My, my life changed when I would get out and knock on doors, when I pick up a phone and make a phone call. My life changed when I took action on saying, hey, this is who I am. This is what I can do. Do you need that? My life changed when I started understanding that, that a no or a hang up or we're not interested wasn't really about me. It was just that they didn't need what I had. And my life changed when I, when I started figuring out that if I made 100 phone calls, I might find a couple people that were interested. Gosh, yes. Yes. All of that. It's like you, I, I, I was always, you know, paralyzed behind fear and I never was able to put myself out there. And what was so darn frustrating was that for years and years and years, I knew that I was capable. And that's where so much of the frustration came because I resisted what I knew I was capable of. Like you said, making that phone call or putting myself out there or creating that thing and showing it to somebody. And I just didn't. 
And when I saw other people doing it, that's when all that anger and, and, and aggravation kicked in. I think there comes a point when somebody starts to want something so much and you're not getting it. There's a point where you become so sick and tired of being sick and tired that you finally decide I'm not going to be sick and tired anymore. And it's at that point where you just start to say, you know, screw failure, screw defeat, screw tragedy, screw what this person thinks. I'm just going for it, man. You know, I'm just going for it. Let life slap me in the face. Let life punch me in the gut, whatever. I'm going for it because this is what I want to do. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not handsome enough. Maybe I'm not fast enough. Maybe I don't have enough money, but you know what? I'm going to try. I'm going to try because if I don't try, I am going to feel pretty damn crappy about myself because I knew I was better than that. I knew that I was bigger than that. And I want to live both better and bigger. And, and you know what's so amazing about that attitude is you at times tell yourself all these things are going to happen or could happen or might happen. And they never do. Even if it doesn't pan out exactly how you wanted or thought it would, the fact that you did it, the fact that you just took a little piece of action, put something out there, did something, makes all the difference. And it doesn't matter how it almost comes out because the, the effect is better than if you didn't. When you realize that life is a pool table, and that you've got the ability to strike the cue ball at any time and send the rest of the balls in motion. That's a powerful mindset to live with. That's, that's a great metaphor. I never, wow, I, I never picked up on that one. The, the cue ball, and then you have these uh, nine extra balls there, and you hit it, and they all go. That's right. And we can take aim, and we can say, that, you know, left, you know number seven ball, you know, left pocket and we can shoot that way and maybe it'll go in and maybe it won't go in. But you know what? We put the balls in motion. And every time that you put the balls in motion in life, you stir it up, you stir up your life and you create the, you create the opportunity for something good to happen. But I can assure you that if you don't strike the cue ball, if you let all the balls sit there on the table and you just twiddle the stick in your hand and walk around the table over and over again, nothing different's going to happen in your life. It's going to stay the exact same place. You're never going to travel to a new place. You're never going to meet a new person. You're never going to get the job you want because all you are is twiddling the cue stick. Mm. In the, uh, in the live recording here, Joseph made a great point. I'd love your take on, um, he said, uh, but it isn't just going for it, which is something I may have implied. Sometimes there are other blockers. You need to not only hustle, you need to be resourceful. Now that is the missing piece, right? We're not just saying haphazardly go for anything and put anything out there. Well, you know, we become, hopefully we become smarter with every, with, with every time that we miss. I mean, if I'm standing on the free throw line and I'm shooting over and over and over again with my left hand and I cannot make a basket with my left hand, why am I going to continue to keep shooting with my left hand when I need to switch it over and start shooting with my right? With every miss, we need to ask ourselves, why did I miss? How could I maybe have done it differently? What was the objection that I failed to overcome? What was the obstacle that has me again stuck? Because sometimes we might be missing a step. 
you, if you're if the wall if you're standing right in front of the wall and you keep on moving forward, the wall's blocking you. So you've missed a step. Maybe you need to go back and create some more steps so you walk back a hundred yards so you can turn right and you can go walk around the wall. I mean, so so don't just keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over that keeps having you miss. Why are you missing? Tweak your plan and go back in and try again now. That's exactly where I was. I, for years and years and years, was... I, I kept hitting the same wall and no matter what I wanted, I wanted to reach the next level. I wanted to succeed in a bigger way as I defined it. And that wasn't happening. And finally I realized that step one, I got to get myself right. I got to get my internal mindset, right? I have to focus on all of these bad habits that aren't serving me anymore and change them slowly, but surely one at a time, one at a time. Do you also find that it begins within? Well, one thing is I, if, if you've got a bad plan, you're going to have bad results. So I want to go back to that. You know, if, if right now I'm standing with my nose to the wall, I might be taking action and moving my feet, but my nose is to the wall. Man, do I really think I'm going to go through that wall? I can keep on trying for years and years and years. And I say, man, Sean, I'm, I'm still taking action. Why isn't it happening? Because my nose is against the wall, man. I got a bad plan. So if you're continuing to work a bad plan, it's not going to ever happen for you. I believe that. Number two, I do believe that success begins on the inside all the time. If you wake up every morning and you doubt yourself, if you doubt your ability to achieve, or if you, if you, if you don't believe in you, it's not going to happen. Every single time when I create a plan, the very first step in all my plans is the same. The very first thing I write is, I believe I can do this. I believe I can do this. It starts with everything because if you, if you don't start with believing you can do it, I can assure you, you cannot do it. And not only can you not do it, but if you don't think you can do it, you're certainly not going to convince me that you can do it. Yeah. Do you, do you believe that anybody can do what you have done? Well, first off, we're all different. Josh Carey's dreams, goals, wishes, who you are as a human being is different than Sean Anderson. We are all different. I don't encourage anybody to do what I've done. I encourage everybody to do what they want to do. Hmm. But to the level that you've achieved anybody, that's the point, right? You're almost living as a, as, as a guide, as an example that, hey, anything is possible. Well, I believe that all of us have the opportunity to show up, make our lives as an example to other people. I mean, the inspiration with which we live with, the attitude with which we walk with, the words which come out of our mouth, every single one of us has the opportunity to be a guide. It's just a, it's just a, it's just a matter of whether or not we choose to be a positive guide in other people's lives or a negative guide in people's lives. But we all have that. Every single one of us, every single day, walks through life influencing other people by what we do, think, say, feel. And I think when we start to realize that and we take that responsibility to our heart, man, none of us want to disappoint people. None of us want to let people down. We want to inspire people. So the more that we choose to want to inspire, the more inspired we become ourselves. And isn't that the way it works sometimes? Sometimes the lessons that come out of our mouth are the lessons that really become who we are. You made such a, such a great point on that um, we are all... Um, 
we are all, whether we realize it or not, leading by example. And again, I want to stress whether we realize it or not. I, I made a post um, probably a few weeks ago now watching my five-year-old daughter and my three-year-old son interact. And the whole idea was just that. My five-year-old daughter is, whether she is aware of it or not, she is a big influence to her three-year-old brother, who I observed is really watching her for subtle cues and guidance. And he certainly has a mind of his own and a strong personality, but I realize we all kind of do what he's doing. He'll look to her to see if, if something is safe or not. He'll look to her to see if she's also laughing and it's okay to laugh and engage. And that was just a whole big eye-opening thing that we all whether we are realizing it or not, we are giving cues, we are being an example, and we are using others as an example, consciously or subconsciously. You know, I believe that. And I believe that subconsciously, we, because we understand that, we hang around safe people. Mm. We hang around people that might not push us or pull us in a, in a positive direction. We hang, we hang out with people who want to sit on the same curb that we're sitting on because that challenges us far less in life. And then we don't have to feel bad about ourselves. Gosh, that, that whole thing, that, that's the whole thing right there. To reiterate, we, in an act of safety and contentment, we will surround ourselves with people who are doing much of the same that makes us feel comfortable? Absolutely. You know, who wants to be pushed or pulled out of a comfort zone when a comfort zone is warm, cozy, and it feels darn good? You know, we might look outside the line of a comfort zone and go, ooh, it looks kind of interesting over there. But oh my God, no way am I going that way. Dangerous. There's too much danger. It's almost like there's a red alarm that goes off. Red alert, red alert. Don't cross the comfort zone. So I'll, we have, a, we've, we've, we put a whole bunch of really cool people in our comfort zone, but you know what? There's a, there are a whole bunch of very comfortable people. And, and sometimes I think, you know, you had talked earlier about living your potential. If you want to live your potential, you cannot choose to live comfortable because comfortable and potential, they don't go together. Hmm. Why, what is it about when we're sitting there? Cause if you ask somebody who is sitting on the sidelines and remaining comfortable through all of their actions, you know, there's no discrepancy, but, but we will say we want something. No, I don't want this life. I want a better life. I want more for myself. Yet we keep revisiting the, the same patterns. Why do we do that? Well, because those patterns, we know those patterns. You, you know, and, and that's, that's one of these reasons why I choose to walk across these countries is because I don't, I don't know anything about that pattern. Mm. I, I, I don't know a single thing about that pattern. And, and, you know, I'm always, it always freaks me out big time, right? When I'm getting on an airplane and again, all I have is my back and my sneakers and I'm flying somewhere. I get off the airplane and it, my rule is, is once I land in a country, I, I have to walk. I, I have to walk. And so I've got to, first thing I have to do is I got to figure out, you know, geez, pray to God, someone speaks English wherever I am, find a map, find a map, get to my, you know, my first location of that day. And then just go from there and find, look for a place along the way to, to, to maybe eat, find an ATM machine so I can pull down some money so I can, you know, survive. And, and uh, everything about it is uncomfortable. 
the first four or five days, I'm thinking this is so damn ass uncomfortable that I don't even know why I keep doing this because I'm so far out of my comfort zone. But after that, the, the lesson to know is that once you step out of your comfort zone and you find out that you're not going to die, you're not going to drown and you're not going to be killed, but yet you're having fun and, and things about you all of a sudden changing your feelings, your thoughts, they're changing. You feel like you're becoming more empowered because you're having success at surviving. When you start to have success outside your comfort zone of surviving, all of a sudden then you say, you know what, I can, I can go another day. I'm going to push my comfort zone a little further. And then you find out that you don't die again. And you can keep going. And by the time you look around, you go, man, I just walked 500 miles and my comfort zone is 500 miles further than when I started. Yes, yes. What are, what are your days like? You have any sort of morning rituals, evening rituals? How, how are those structured? Yeah, I really believe that if a, if a person doesn't control their day, their day will control them. You know, and, and so you've got to have accountability in your life. You've got to have self-accountability because otherwise life has got so many ways of throwing circular punches at you that it's going to get you. And so if you don't start your mind thinking, you know, from a positive, creating positive momentum from yourself from the very beginning, you're just letting yourself, you're just letting yourself be available to be punched by life, by a bad email, by a bad phone call, by a flat tire, by the fact there's no milk in the refrigerator, by the fact that you forgot to make your kids breakfast. You're giving, you're, you're letting yourself open to negative things seeping in and going, oh my God, this is going to be one of those days, huh? So yes, the very first thing I do is, is, is I, I have some rituals that are important to me to start putting my mindset in, in, the, in the right direction. Uh, the first thing is I ask myself three morning questions. Number one, before my brain starts thinking about what I have to do today, I think, what am I excited about doing today? What is one thing? What's one thing that you are excited about doing today? Because if you can find one thing that you're excited about, you've got something to look forward to. Question number two, who can I encourage today? Who can I inspire? Who can I, who can I push or motivate? Because when we take the attention and focus off of ourselves that our life is everything and so important and put it on someone else, you know what? We, t we take the stress, off of, the stress off of ourselves. Number three, what am I grateful for today? What am I grateful for today? When we walk with an attitude of gratitude throughout our day, we don't think about what we don't have, but we, we, we say thank you to what we do have. Those three questions immediately start to put my, my day in a positive direction. Yes, I just, wow, I just scribbled all those down. Um, I, 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 I already do the, the gratitude often, uh, certainly daily. Um, I, I just love these first two. What am I excited about today? What is one thing I am excited about today? And, and the way you put it, it's not what do I have to do? Because don't you find that too often we, we, we live in a reactive state, right? And this sort of puts that to on, on hold. You know, every one of us is pushing a wheelbarrow through our day and life just keeps putting more bricks in that wheelbarrow of to-dos. To-do, 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 to-do. Brick, 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 brick. Pretty soon we start pushing so many bricks from one day to the next that, that all of a sudden we can't even pick up our damn wheelbarrow anymore. So, you know, 
it, life is not about to do. It's about to doing, to doing the dreams, the goals, the wishes, the positives in your life. If you lose sight of the positives, then again, you lose sight of your potential. If you lose sight of your positives, you lose sight of the passion in your day. If you lose sight of the positives, you lose sight of the purpose that you have for your life. I, I, again, I love the difference between not what do I have to do? What do I want to do? What am I excited about today? And that really forces you, which goodness, for so long, I fell into this. I had no clue really what I wanted, what I wanted to do. I had, I had a full idea of what I needed to do in order to uh, stay uh, on top of the bills and to, to uh, pay mortgage and put food on the table. But what did I really want to do? Is that a big question that we must answer for ourselves? Well, I can assure you that if you don't ask that question now, when you're taking your last breaths in life, you're going to say, oh boy, I sure wish I would have done that. So if you don't address that, I wish I would have done this now, it's going to be pretty regretful when you have to think about it later. And it's not, it's not always an easy question. What do I want to do? It'll take some time, which is fine. Hopefully you'll find something that will excite you. But then there you go. What am I excited about doing today? What is one thing I am going to deliberately journal and answer that for myself um, starting, starting first thing tomorrow? What am I excited about? Because I never phrased it that way to really get myself in that excited uh, frame of mind. And or if that, if that question doesn't work for you, tweak the question. What, what can I do today that might make me happy? What can I do today that will make me feel good? What can I do today that will give me some positive energy? What can I do today that will make me smile and feel good about me? So, you know, maybe, maybe you can't answer what am I excited about, but what's one thing today? What's one thing today that you could create that will make you happy, that will make you smile? And then let's make sure that we're going to do that thing today. Yeah. Instead of waking up oh, miserably, here I go again. I got to do this. I got to do that. That's right. I mean, gosh, that's not living. That's just active dying. <laughs> active dying. Wow. That's so, so perfect. It's so, it's so true. I always said that um, I'm, uh, I'm going to be 45 this year, which still kind of uh, surprises me, but here I am living my best life here and now. So it's perfect. But I then realized that 45, um, best case scenario, my life is half over. You know what I'm saying? Like if I make it to 90, the way I was going, um, I wouldn't have lived to 90. I would have made it to 90. And like you're implying, that ain't living. Well, you know, and I, I'm very conscious of that fact that life is short. In fact, I, I, I create symbols around myself to, to remind me of that. For example, I have a giant sand uh, sand egg timer that sits on my counter and it, mm -hmm. it, it's a, it's, it, it represents the shortness of life because when you turn that sucker over, eventually the sand runs out and maybe two thirds of my sands run out, maybe three quarters of my sands run out. But when I see how much, how little is left, it just, it just reminds me of the things that I'm going to do. Not that I want to do, but I'm going to do it. it and it, it also, when you realize that you're not gonna be here forever, it just makes fear seem a little bit smaller. It, it, just, it, just, it just helps us increase in courage a little bit more because, because man, this is your life. 
And for whatever miracle that this all happened and with whatever great mystery that life is, this is your life. And it can either be, it can either be as miserable as you choose it or it can be as amazing as you create it to be. And if you just want to continue just to, just to let life take you down its river wherever it goes, that's your choice. But I'm going to be a guy that has a paddle in my canoe. And if I want to go to one side of the river, I'm going to control whether or not I go to that side of the river. And and what I love about really thinking about I, I I'm I'm so with you on that life is life is way too short and it's it's here and now. What I love about that concept is that it allows you to realize even within that nothing is really that important. What do you make of that? Everything is is only as important as you as you make it. You know, I, I've got a good friend of mine, and uh, her, her mother died at the beginning of this year, and her father was so heartbroken at his wife's passing that 27 days later, he died. So here's this woman. She just lost her husband in the month of January. She, she just lost her mother in the month of January, and then she lost her father 27 days later. But, you know, I'm just so blown away by how she's processed all that and how she's choosing to accept her information, how she's choosing to handle her news. You know, things become as dramatic or undramatic as we make them. And for her, what she's choosing to do is to be grateful. She loved her parents dearly. She chooses to be grateful that she had them and appreciative and, and use it to, to inspire her to continue to lead and live her life fully. She hasn't disappeared from society. She hasn't said, this is terrible. How can anybody lose both their parents in the same month for different reasons? But she uses it to live bigger, to live better. We can take the bad lessons, the bad moments, the bad experiences, and we can let them absolutely drown us, drown us that we will never come out of the water again. Or we can say, you know what, it's, they're almost like throwing us a life preserver that gives us a chance to breathe again, to, to analyze again, to get to know ourselves better, and, and to use those bad moments, experiences, people, whatever, and just to, just to continue to reinvent ourselves to become who we want to be. Oh, yes. Uh, continuing down this path of mortality, um, I'm, uh, like I've said, I, many chances I get, I, um, I talk about my uh, adoring children, a five-year-old daughter, three-year-old son, who, you know, I, I, was, I was sort of thrown into this role of father, and it, it wasn't anything I willingly did. I guess the universe knew that I was 39 at the time and said, Josh, you're not going to do this on, the, uh, on your own. We got to get you started down this path. I always knew I wanted to be a father and was, was going to enjoy that role, but where I was, I never would have taken the steps to say, okay, let's, let's get to this. Universe had different plans and said, uh, you're ready now. You're going to be a dad. Let's, let, let, let's get you through this path. And they were absolutely and continue to be responsible and helpful and pivotal, pivotal for helping me see life in a whole new way. So I always embrace them in that. Speaking of mortality, though, on that same front, I, I'm always aware of not only best case scenario, how how quickly life can be over even, even on the normal time frame here, but life can end at any moment. And that reality um, allows me to be so darn 
present with them in every moment, what I've started telling myself is if my life should end suddenly at this moment in time, I want to make sure that whatever just happened or is happening, I am completely comfortable with. And that keeps me on a very, very good path. Sounds like a great philosophy and a beautiful strategy. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, talking about life in, in general, do you believe that everything happens for a reason? Uh, I believe that, that, that we can view life. If something bad happens, we can we can make that lesson valuable I, I i don't know i'm not a big enough thinker to to know if everything you know was predestined or happened because of some reason but i do know that that every single good thing and bad thing i can learn and grow from it and uh and, and so i am aware of that and i do i do try to, to to take note of those things and because i i live with a positive mindset all the time I do my best to live with a positive mindset all the time. I'm more conscious of being aware of the bad moments I don't like, of the bad conversations mm -hmm. that I might have had, of the bad interviews that I might have given, of the bad of the of the of the of the email that didn't quite work for someone else. And I'm I'm aware of that because I don't want to repeat those mistakes. I mean, there's the 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 man or woman who continues to do the same thing over and over is 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 doomed to continue to live the same thing over and over. I, I don't want to be that way. Hmm. What mantra do you live by today? The same thing I do every day. You know, you just go, go the extra mile. I go the extra mile. That's the theme of my life. It's the theme of my life in, in everything I do. I go the extra mile, do more than is expected. Because when we do more than is expected, the results will, will be bigger than you expected. The relationships that if you give more in your relationships, the relationships will be richer. If you add more to your employer than is expected, then your rewards should be bigger. You know, so you just always go the extra mile in every little thing. If I'm standing at the at the checkout st uh, station at the grocery store, man, I'm just not gonna. I'm just not gonna sit there and get my groceries. I'm gonna go the extra mile and 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 have a conversation with the checker and find out about him or her and you know try to leave them with a smile or or something. It's just going the extra mile. The more that that becomes a part of your basic core, the more that you have a chance to create more extraordinary happenings in your own life. There's so much to, to that. So how do we, how do we take action on that? Do we already know individually how that looks, how we take the extra mile, or is that something we sort of have to navigate and figure out, or is it in, in all the, you know, you, you know what I'm asking? How do we make that tactical and tangible for ourselves? Well, you've got to, you, first off, you have to accept that that's what you want to do. You want to be an extra mile person. And then, and then certainly, you, you know, if, for example, if you want to go the extra mile in your relationship, it's an extra mile gesture for you to bring flowers home to your wife today. She's not expecting it. That's an extra mile gesture. It's an extra mile gesture for you to maybe, you know, do something at home that normally you wouldn't do. That's an extra mile gesture, and I can assure you that if you do those things, you're going to get a, you're going to create a much more harmonious and healthy and happy household. 
if you want to go the extra mile at work, it's a, it's, it's a matter of making sure that your own work is quality. And then what's wrong with going to your employer and saying, you know, I love this company. I love working here. I'm grateful. I'm appreciative. What more can I do? to help mm. us succeed as a business. What more can I do? How can I go the extra mile? You know, it's, it's, you look in the mirror and you're not happy with what you see. Maybe you put on a few more pounds and you're just not liking it. You're not feeling it. Going the extra mile today is I'm going to do 10 more push-ups than I did yesterday. I'm going to walk 100 more yards than I did yesterday. It's when we, it's, it's when we just do more than we're doing. That's going the extra mile. Hmm. Yeah. And, and, and if you keep on, if you, if that becomes a part of who you are, then, then going the extra mile becomes just as natural as breathing. You become a person who wants to serve. You become a person who wants to, to, to keep on adding value to others' lives. It just becomes part of your nature. Hmm. So many, so many directions we can take this. And I guess that that's the point in your, in your personal, in your relationships, in your social, in your business, in your community, in the world, right? And then it compounds on itself. Is that the point? Yeah. And, and I think it's a way to, to really find, you know, the first area to start in is what area are you most unhappy about in your life? What area are you most unhappy? Mm. Is it your relationship? Is it your finances? Is it your career? Is it your health? What, what area you know, makes you feel the most bummed? And that's the area where you have to stop doing what you're doing and, and keep doing a little bit more. And, and I'm a big believer, again, in accountability and tracking progress and setting goals and writing these things down and looking at where I was. You know, it's the same thing as if you, you know, a person who's out there and their blood pressure is way too high. Well, you start you start monitoring that blood pressure every day and you start doing things to tweak that blood pressure. You start exercising more, you start changing your diet, you start maybe doing things more harmonious to your spirit, practicing yoga, listening to different music, reading inspiring stuff. You do things that start to change that, but we can know that there's change being created because we see the results. You know, here it was 150 over 100. Here it was 148 over, you know, 92. It starts to change because our life changes. Things about our life change when we start to change. And the more that we can see those little incremental changes, the more that we're watching them, the more that inspires us that when I, every time that I walk an inch, I can see change in my life. What in the world is next for you? Well, right now, I'm, like I said, I've got my set side on a country called France, and I'm going to go walk 500 miles across that dude. I've got a speaking tour set up later this year in the Philippines. Last time I went to the Philippines in 2015, did a speaking tour, was there a month. We had over 20,000 people that attended our events. Uh, I've got extra mile day coming up again, November 1st this year, maybe, maybe with good fortune, we might approach 600 cities. I've got my eighth book that I'm, I'll be starting to brainstorm and try to see if I can put it out by the end of this year. So, you, you know, it's, it's always about what, what do I want to do in your life? What do I want to do? And that's a question that no matter where we are, at what stage we can ask ourselves, and then we can start walking that direction. I will leave you with this final question. Sean Anderson, how would you like to be remembered? I'd just like to be remembered as a guy who went the extra mile. There you go. What, 
what a magnificent dialogue. I mean, there's just so much here. This is the kind of episode you listen to over and over and over again, and you hear things differently, and you hear things you didn't hear before. I am um, I'm honored to have been a part of it. Thank you, Sean, for opening up and spending your time with us today. Thank you for having the courage to chase your own vision and to do a podcast. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. And thank you, everybody, for joining us online on the replay, wherever you are today. If you got anything out of this, put something good into the world, take a small action and make great things happen. We're gonna make great things happen not too far uh, into the future. We're gonna do another episode for you. Thanks again for spending your time and tuning in. Until we do it again, go get them. Thanks for listening to The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.